<laughs> hey guys! Hello! Welcome back to Wandering to Wellness. So today we were talking to a very interesting lady, uh, Diana McCauley. Diana McCauley, who we met in Meadows in the Mountains yeah. all of those months ago. We're very late getting this one out. Yeah, well we just got so much stuff to get out, it's exciting. It's though, too exciting, it? too many fun chats. Yeah, and um, she was just such a great woman, my God. I mean, she, she knew of your, what was it, the home birthing midwives lady? Ina Mae Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah, she's a proper homesteader. Yeah. That's the thing, and she's really the idea that you have in your head of a homesteader when you think of that person. She has the beautiful gray hair, yeah. super fit, super active mind. Mm. Constantly looking at the plants around her, like everything that was there in front of her was, was something of interest. And then I was asking her like, what did you do for, what herbs do you do for this? What are, and forget it, you can't have that. She's like, oh yeah, you can use that. Oh yeah, you can use that. But she doesn't, she's very unassuming. Um, well, her thing was about um, intuitive plant medicine, yeah. right? So it wasn't mm. about prescribed information that you got told by no. someone else. It was no, about like living in your environment yeah. Yeah. Uh, and trying the stuff out on yourself and on your own body and sitting yeah. with your intuition in that and going, yes. does this feel like this is right for me? Yeah. And, and well, was there a particular plant she sat with? There was. Was it nettle or was it elder? Was it, there was some, I, anyway, you'll, you'll have a listen and you'll, you'll find out. And it's, it's, it's a really lovely chat. She's very mellow. And it was funny, we were in this environment in the Rodopi Mountains in Bulgaria, which was just kind of like at once hyper stimulating and at, at the same time, like totally zen. It was like Woodstock it, on the top I, of a mountain. Basically kind of like that. I mean, like insofar as you can say you're at Woodstock, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. It's an amazing sustainable festival. They just built it literally. I remember when we got there, we got to like the village where the, the, the festival was located. And then I was like, do you remember I pointed at you? I was like, no, no, it's up there. Mm. And there were just these, like on the top of a mountain, on top of a mountain. Because we'd driven like through these switchback roads going for ages. And then you get to this place in the middle of the night, there's loads of people humming around, having like, you know, I don't know, all sorts of madness. And then we're like, where's the festival? And then I just saw it on the top of the mountain. You could sort of hear it. You just see these lights on the peak. It was like a cartoon. It was insane. Just this mountain peak like this. And You're like, thinking like, lights on top. how are you going to get up there? And the thing was, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> unless you were in a four-wheel drive, there was no way up the mountain that night because it had been raining. So it was, it's a beautiful, very uh, ethereal, ephemeral, uh, amazing occasion. We'd invite anybody uh, who has the, the, the thought or the want to get involved with it to go and we'll be there again this year. Yeah, Meadows um, in the Mountains. So mm. check it out online. There's loads of beautiful photography around it and it's mm. won a lot of awards actually now for sustainability and yeah. best music festival, best European music festival, yeah, yeah. top 10 top music festivals in the world. In the and world. Yeah, and was that, was that it was in, um, was it? What was in Big Magazine? Something yeah, huge. something like Marie Claire or Vogue. Vogue, I think Vogue, it was. Vogue actually. was, yeah. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, and Diana was just a nice kind of happenstance, wasn't she? She yeah. was there giving a workshop on intuitive plant medicine, and she was, plant healing, and she was, she was quite, very much not holding herself up as an expert. She's reticent. Like, yeah. she was quite cagey. She was quite reticent with us when we went to go and chat with her. Um, she doesn't have a presence online. She, like, there was no, there's no way of contacting her. So, if you have questions for her, forget it. Um, <laughs> we'll try and field what we can. But um, it was just a lovely, a, a, a great moment, I think, to chat to somebody who was, you know, in, in, a, in a place where they should have seemed out of sorts and yet they were totally at home. Yeah, and, and it was just such a special thing to be literally just sitting in a meadow, mm. like a wild meadow, yeah. on the top of a mountain with someone who has, has made that their life choice to mm. kind of have children and, and then go, what can I do to heal my children? Yeah. What can I do to live in the way that's most in touch with the environment yeah. and not plonk myself down onto yeah. an area of land and impose my stuff, but yeah. more live 
synergistically with yeah. the land around me. And we were there sitting there, it was like spiders crawling all over yeah. us. <laughs> Nettle stings, all sorts of craziness. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a lovely little break from reality, mm. really, isn't it? To Absolutely. To. Yeah, so I should... hope you enjoy. Yeah, go enjoy that. And um, don't forget, please, to check out our sponsors who help us every step of the way. So Clear Light Saunas, um, I'm a huge fan of infrared saunas. And if you see one of the biggest emerging paradigms in in medicine at the moment is that exposure to heat and exposure to cold so hyper, hyper uh, phasic hyperthermia and phasic hypothermia in terms of you know helping with mood helping with healing inflammation post-surgery stuff immune system support like kind of everything it pretty much a top-down uh, effect and that's well because the sun gives us infrared uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is a way you can get it in ireland maybe where it's not so plentiful and in a really concentrated dose and just it's a beautiful thing to do yeah it's like a little bit of self-care in the middle of your day yes it and is. you smell good mm, lovely oh. cedary sauna and, and you can do wood. you can do your meditation inside it because mm -hmm. a little chamber for your phone that you can play your yeah it's got music. speakers it connects with bluetooth yep Get a sauna. Get a damn sauna. If you don't, get some protein powder by New Zest. <coughs> yes, indeed. Support also your useful. body or your good green stuff, which supports all the 12 systems of the body. It's mm. like the new alternative to multivitamin. Absolutely, yeah. Packed with adaptogenic herbs to support your nervous system's response to stress and really high potency, good forms of things like magnesium, vitamin B12. You can drop loads of supplements yeah. and just You just take buy this that out. one thing. Mm. If you if you just did that for your family, it would be a massive change, uh, I think. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, and, and then Swivel. Swivel. This little guy we're recording on right now, hello. Um, he tracks us around the room, tracks us around the world on our little travels. Uh, hopefully going to come with us to Ibiza and to CERN and to LA this year, who knows. Exciting things, anyway, exciting things. So stay tuned and watch out Diana McCauley. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Finn hello. and Lydia back here from Wandering to Wellness. Uh, thanks for joining us. And this afternoon we're really, really blessed to be well, at Meadows in the Mountains and joined by Diana McCauley, who is a folk herbalist, somebody very close to our hearts, close to mine. Um, and oh, there's our big spider again we were just talking about. Nearly up short. We're probably in nature today. Yeah, we're really in we've got grasshoppers yeah. on us. I think we're just in his path, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 a few minutes ago. He's gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on his way. So that was the M50 of giant spiders. Um, <laughs> right, so. Uh, uh, Diana has very kindly have a, agreed to have a chat with us. Diana is talking at, at, this, uh, at this festival on intuitive plant medicine, um, which I think is something, again, that's, uh, you know, herbs, when it comes to conventional Western society, are considered esoteric in themselves. And when you get off Western medical herbalism into intuitive herbal healing and the nature of herbs and, and sitting with plants, I think you're, you're in a, a whole different paradigm. And there's a lot of people who even who would be exposed and and taking their magnesium and probiotics on a daily basis who still would have probably a lot to learn about intuitive plant medicine and that, and that tapping into nature at that level. Um, so what, what brought you to your practice and what, what continues to inspire in your practice? Well, really what brought me to the, my interest in herbalism was becoming a mother at a certain okay. age and having children who I realized needed to, I needed to learn how to take care of them and, and I was a bit daunted by the idea of um, the medical profession that we are blessed to have in yeah, our yeah, yeah. country and I also had a my eldest child had um, a condition of epilepsy from a fairly young age oh, right, right. that um, asked for anticonvulsant drugs and all kinds of things so I, that really pushed me onto a journey of looking for solutions for him yeah. and it 
it's just you know I, I lived in a I always lived in the country I lived on a communal farm okay. where there was a big openness everybody was exploring you know eating from the land and using medicine from the trees and the plants around us so it was it was a very natural journey for me to just begin to what? learn and ask and find out what I could eat yeah. off the land and how, how you would deal with a fever yeah, yeah. etc. And did you, uh, can you remember what the first sort of remedies you would have been making or first remedies you would have been picking to use with your kids, those types of things? I think the first things that I learned about were things I could eat Okay. Yeah. because it, it became very clear to me living on the land even though I, I grew up on a farm but there was no there was no movement towards eating wild food how I grew up. Mm. Um, it was all cultivation. So when I had my own piece of land or I was living in my own spot, I started realizing that in the past people just ate yes. what was on the land around yeah. them. And I was thinking, why would I have to go to the store and buy <coughs> greens when it's yeah. all green? Yeah. So I started exploring what I could, cool. what I could eat from the land. and and asking and experimenting. Some things I knew were not poisonous, so I started okay. practicing. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Things like that. Did you have, uh, did you have many whoopsies along the way? Many? No. No? Well, Here. one whoopsie was the, the, um, the um, daylily, which, which is not a, an indigenous plant in our country, but it was brought with the people from Holland. Okay, interesting. And um, they're edible plants, but if you overeat them, they're emetic. So they oh, right. oh, so my right. son, who, uh -oh. who you may have met here oh, at no, the festival, okay. my son, um, who was the one that brought me to this festival, okay. he was crazy about the daylily flower, uh -oh. and he just ate it like crazy until it made him sick. <laughs> so, you know, I learned that something may be good in small portions, but not in huge portions. Kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm constantly learning that lesson as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's gas. Cool. I find um, I have a son who's going to be four and I think it, it is a really natural process. I grew up in a, a more natural way and my mom would have always used homeopathy but mm -hmm. I lived like seven and a half thousand feet up in the mountains so there was no doctor and there was no hot running water or electricity or that kind of stuff wow. so there was a move towards having to rely on yourself to use mm -hmm. kind of intuition and common sense towards things of okay if there's a fever look first check the body is there an infection somewhere right. what can we see on the body and, mm -hmm. and then make decisions from there and I think when you become a mother it, it's so natural to go hang on I need to start thinking about I know best my child, I know my child best, and I need to start thinking about: Do I have the power to make those decisions, rather than handing that responsibility to someone else? And I think a lot of times we go to the doctor with our kids when they're sick, and they tell us something, and it doesn't maybe sit right with us. It feels like mm, I think there's something more, but we don't have the empowerment to say, actually, no, yeah. I don't think this is right. And it seems to me that that journey that you went on would have led you naturally to to get right. that empowerment for your mm -hmm. children. I think I, I did have a crisis. You asked me if I had any crises. Not yeah. so much eating things, yeah. although that was a small one, but um, the same child, the same child who was my middle child, yeah. um, had uh, an earache, and I didn't want to take him to the hospital or the doctor because I knew he'd, get, he'd be given an antibiotic, and I didn't want my children to have antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And so I was doctoring him, looking things up in books, and. And um, I eventually did give him willow bark tea, 
and his fever got quite high and I was beginning to feel rather irresponsible. Uh -oh. But I finally broke the fever and totally, well he done. totally got done, got better with the willow bark tea and yeah. ice on his head and feet in cayenne pepper water. Yeah. And like we just pushed his fever until it broke. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first really big breakthrough for me, actually. Okay, in, yeah. In um, using herbal medicine. And empowering yourself. It's and a, yeah, yeah, and yeah. really trusting the, the process. The process. Of mm. taking that risk. And even yeah. though I, uh, any doctor would have thought I was being irresponsible, it yeah. was... It was the right choice for It you. was a, the right choice for me. Uh, uh, do you see, like, that, that empowerment? Uh, do you see a, a change, a shift in a positive direction at the moment? Or do you see it still kind of rather tumbling downhill like you mean in the, the general in general population like where you I are. think there's huge oh I think there's huge opening for every in every aspect yeah. of life right now yes yeah. your generation mm -hmm. I don't know about my generation um, yeah I, I don't know whether our my generation is changing much it's interesting people talk about but we get we all get more conservative as we get older so if you're not opened up to things when you're young I think the chances of you once you have things to protect in life to yeah. start to be very you know yeah. unguarded and and, and, and yeah. try things out is, is, is a less yeah. likely we have to take those um, we have to learn our empowerment gradually as we grow I guess yeah so um, I forget what your question was exactly I, what it was, I, did, yeah. um, I wanted to say something about fevers um, I think that oh, yeah. for a lot of people the fevers are a tough one and for, for mm -hmm. us for me with my son I also wouldn't give I wouldn't give him medication if he has a fever. I just let the fever mm -hmm. run its course. I let him sweat it out, and then I find that whatever illness just passes through much quicker. Mm -hmm. The body does what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I had learned. It was something that I had read about. It was something that I actually went to an interesting seminar with a great doctor who talked about kind of using natural techniques in, in mothering. Um, but every time they get a fever, it's still that moment as the fever stays high, and maybe it's climbing, and it's 39, and it's 40. And you're going, I, I know this is right, I've done it a million times, I trust this process, yeah. and yet, you're thinking, if something goes wrong, people are going to turn around and go, well, yeah. you didn't give the Nurofen, yeah. you made the irresponsible choice, and every time it's worked. And, and in fact, there is a movement now in, in modern medicine to say, you don't give med medication unless there's a lot of pain, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. That, that would be pain relief as opposed to fever bringing That's down. That's interesting. But yeah. There's, my doctor's brilliant and, and he supports that, but a lot of doctors don't and a lot of people are very judgmental about that and it's hard to make, to stick to those choices, Isn't those it? intuition choices. Yes, yeah, so like when, when you talk about intuition, do you, so one of the, I was, I think I was right. telling you, I was listening to a podcast recently about uh, intuitive plant medicine and the guy who's, who, you know, teaches about it uh, was saying that people, you know, will go to the health food store and permissively pick up rhodiola, cordyceps, holy right. basil, turmeric, whatever and all the other nutritives and then and chuck them all in together because they're told it's a cocktail and it's all good things right. they're all adaptogenic and they're all going to support their whatever right. but then with intuitive plant as you were saying like you have to slow right the way down he's like right. first you find the herb and then you maybe sit for three months before even ingesting the right. herb getting to know it How, can you explain yes. that process because yes. that's fascinating yes because I think though I think what's happened over the generations is that we've we've lost we've so become disconnected from mm. from the earth you know and the plants that grow on the land and we actually are out of the habit we, we actually want to acquire these medicines it's we've become very um, um, 
intellectual in the way that we approach herbology, just the same as we would approach anything. Yeah. It's, it's our orientation these days. And so to sit with the plant, it's like sitting with a drum or sitting with any magical um, thing that we want to really connect fully in our hearts and in our, our essence with. So you, you, it's really hard to just do that if you're not living mm. close to the, to the plants, really. Mm. Although you can learn to do things like dowsing and, and more med in a meditative way, mm -hmm. learn to connect with these medicines. But I guess when I talk about intuitive herbalism, I'm really meaning to really take that time to get to know the plants around you mm -hmm. and to listen to what the plants are wanting you to know about what they have to offer. And I don't, I don't say that I'm, I've, I've done my studies through books and through herbalists that are teaching about various medicines. I've, I've read, I've read so much about various plants, mm. and a lot of my use of them is based on my intellectual study yeah. and then my practicing to use it over time but I'm very much now practicing listening and dreaming and meditating with individual plants that I want to know better mm. and seeing what they have to say to me mm. so at the moment when one is sick it's really just you might have a choice of three or four herbs to use and you might be weighing the value of each one but you know if you go into that inner place and really sit with the plants it, it really does ultimately become clear which one you know it's like making a choice about anything something it just calls reveals. you yeah, yeah yeah and do you find are there particular herbs that you have a real affinity for like plants like, that you found have given you a lot over time oh for sure but they're mostly the ones that I know around okay. me of yeah course. Of course. I don't use I don't really use plants that I don't know anymore sure. um, like you know things like of course I use yarrow mm. and mullen and mm. plantain mm. and um, st. John's wort the the plants that grow around yeah. me are and they're very indigenous to us in Ireland red. as well it's yeah. very similar and they're plant. here they're here all around us. yeah what are we looking yeah. at actually tell us well, I don't know. This one is like not. A, it's not a. Um, it's not a medicinal herb. I think I was it's told weed. it was. I was told it was a weed here. It feels like it's a sage or something. It, it, it looks like, like a sage, sage, and I thought it looked a lot like Annie's hyssop when oh, I first yeah. looked at it. But it's. Um, I don't know what it is anyway. actually. It's not a sage. Well, it is square. Yeah, it is know. square. I haven't got. Nobody's told me about it. Nobody. Oh. I haven't found. There isn't, um, well, there's thistles, which yeah. we know. This, I think this thistle is called the Car, um, Caroline, Caroline, Caroline thistle, yeah. something like that. I don't know, it's really low growing. Well, no, I think these are just young. Oh, is it going to pop up? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Possibly. I think, it's just, I think it's the one that's common here. That's what I was told by the woman that was. Yeah. Um, do you use herbology. thistle much? Do you well, I use milk thistle. Yeah, okay. I grow milk thistle, yeah. but it's not indigenous, but it becomes... What, what is indigenous annual. when it comes down to it, eh, though? Um, what do you reckon? Um, well, we have thistles. We yeah. have a Canadian thistle. Yeah. And they're, they're bitters, and they're very good for cooling and for liver, so yeah. thistles are always good.
Yeah. And of course, you can always juice them. Yeah. If you don't want to deal with this before. Yeah, if you don't want to deal with the prickles. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, you kind of well, deal with the prickles. Well, milk thistle is big enough that you can cut the spikes off. So, describe. So, milk thistle, the, the Scottish one is the big globey one. Mm -hmm. um, milk thistle, what, what does it look like at the top? How does it differ from. It has a big globe. Oh, it's a big globe, is that on the same purple yeah, on yeah. the top? Okay. But the leaves have got this um, white ripple through the green. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and okay, right. Yeah. Very good, nice. What and blessed thistle is another thistle that I use. They're, they're all bitter, especially blessed thistle. Yeah. And they're multi-use, but they're definitely good for fevers okay. and yeah. for cooling your system and for cleaning down heat in your liver. Yeah. So kind of calming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it's so like a cooling and calming herbs. And <laughs> so they're so edible. They're, they're like almost like food. Yeah. yeah. There's a nice thing, um, a guy who I uh, speak to a fair bit, uh, Dr. Rob for Kirk in the, in the UK, mm -hmm. his, his foundation is called the Alliance for Natural Health, and they put across a, a new food plate in the last, well, the last year or two. And on it, they have, it's pretty, you know, it, it, it's not out there, but it's very progressive. But he has 5% of his plate is herbs. Uh, and I think it's, it, it's, 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 it's it's, it's very challenging, I suppose, to current, you know, current food society and food culture and that sort of thing. And other than fine dining restaurants, herbs aren't considered food. They're considered yeah. even garnish when it comes to fine dining. They're not considered natural. You don't yeah. have salad from herbs. Yeah. Except maybe funny. chamomile and, and mint tea. True. And lovage. There's quite a lot of lovage in, like, oh, lovage yeah. sorbets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Kind of nice. Well, yeah, lovage, lovage is a fairly... <laughs> <laughs> it's a fairly strong tasting plant. Mm. I mean, of course, there's parsley and celery, mm. yes. which I guess are herbs and basil. Yeah, basil. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say there's so many. Like dandelion is both medicinal and mm. and nutritive. Um, herb. nutritive. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's so beneficial. Yeah. So dandelion. Nettles. Sources, nettles are amazing, oh. aren't they? Nettles are the one we keep coming back to, and they're so pervasive in Ireland. And I only well, I learned what in the last few years that they're. You know, I, I became addicted almost to the idea of adaptogens, knowing that how much of, of a, of a um, uh, affinity they have for my nervous system and for people that I recommend them to. But um, I only found out kind of more lately that nettle is a powerful adaptogen as well, and having an indigenous adaptogen like that, yeah. uh, and, and so nourishing and so tonifying and so iron rich, it's really mm -hmm. nice to have those mm -hmm. sorts of herbs on the on it's the door. It's an amazing plant, yeah. and it always goes near people, especially if you've been farming. It likes yeah. rich. Rich soil, soil I know, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection of rich soil, but then farmers are like, ah, oh, the nettles. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting as well because I think now, like, a common condition that people are diagnosed with is uh, adrenal burnout. Mm. Right, um, and it's an adrenal life, booster. And it's the mm. best. It's Absolutely. so good for that. But mm. we tend to just, it's easier for us to go, like, Oh, I'll just go to the health food store and buy nettle tonic right. rather than picking the nettle at the time yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. right and making our Well, own that's picture. the thing. And yeah. telling and people actually finding a lot of the herbs that are sold in on on the mainstream market are not necessarily in their full potency. They're definitely yeah. not in their full potency. Yeah. How have they been and they're all ground up. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're a lot of the goodness is leached oxidized out if it's, it's oxidized yeah. if you don't use them yeah, within yeah, yeah. a certain length of time. Yeah, there's so much option and opportunity there, isn't there, in our back gardens? Well, the other thing about gathering our own medicines is that, you know, we have you have a relationship with them. Yeah. And I really do think that the medicines respond. Yeah. That they, there's, there's consciousness in the plants. Without a doubt. That we have, we, we have not been... We have not been conscious of that ourselves. Yeah. We've lost that awareness, like the indigenous people and around the world.
Yeah. Um, are very aware of the consciousness of plants. Yeah. yeah. And they they, they honor yeah. they honor that relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the plants respond by offering their their complete medicine. Yeah. That's it's so really beautiful, powerful. isn't it? And so beautiful. It comes back to that thing of just being removed from the earth, isn't it? And removed from mm -hmm. our environment. There are yeah. natural ways to go. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll buy it because someone else made it, so it's exactly. safe. And they actually yeah. feel they'll pay more for they'll it. Pay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's funny? free. It's around you all free, but I'll pay money and then it's probably going to work better. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like that with with many things. Yeah, that's true. many yeah, things. Yeah, divesting or whatever, our autonomy or whatever to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're saying you, you, you herbs that have, have meant a lot of that you use a lot, like yarrow, mullein. Um, have you got a like a favorite that you use at the moment yourself? A lot for you at the moment. I'm using hawthorn right okay, now. Okay, cool. I just want to really work on my circulation mm. and my 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 um, heart yeah. function, just to make sure I'm supporting myself. Yeah. And it's calming too. It's very refreshing to your nervous system. Yeah. It supports your pains just generally. Yeah, it's a beautiful herb, isn't it? And it's, just, it's, a, it's very available. Yeah, isn't it? Do, do you tincture it, or how do you do your whole thing? Um, I do tincture it. Yeah. I do tincture it yeah. because it's so available then. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to use. But you could dry it. You can dry it. Yeah. And, and it you can use the flowers or the Yeah, so it's usually the, the, ha the haws. Yeah, that are yeah. useful. What? But mostly I use the haws. Okay, yeah. Are they yeah. seen as more of a concentration? I think of like flavonoids and all those sorts of things from a Western perspective, aren't they? I'm sure they're very nutritive as well. Yeah. I haven't actually studied that part. So oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> but they're in the rose here. family. They're, I'm sure they're very similar to rose hips in their yeah. in their food value. Yeah. They're yeah. not quite as edible. They're a little drier. Stringent, aren't they? Yeah, they're really well, stringent. Well, it's not so much the flavor, but just the, they're very full of seeds. Okay, yeah, yeah. Twice. And yeah. Yeah, you, but you could do the same thing. You could dry them and yeah. reconstitute them nice. with water and then um, Soak them mm -hmm. and then in them. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Or you could juice them and strain them. Yeah, yeah I never use hawthorn as a plant other than the hawthorn. That's a nice thing. No. Um, and so, do you have a, a house? I, I'm imagining your house. I think I would, I would probably fall in love with. Um, but do you have a house full of tinctures and like a lot of yeah remedies <laughs> that you built over I, the years? I have a lot of remedies. I imagine. And I'm, I'm sort of called upon to, if people need. Yeah, the community. Some people do, yeah. I, it's mostly I, I do it for my family and friends, mostly. Nice. I don't make a business of it. Okay, okay, okay. Sometimes I get paid for things. Yeah. Sometimes I trade. Yeah. But I have, I make sure that I have what I need. I have my, you know, my urinary system tincture. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of a few different plants. Yeah, yeah. Um, that what, I like over a sea yeah. and um, touch grass. Okay, yeah. yeah. And um, yellow dot. Okay, yeah. No, what did you say? Restaro? I don't There's know what another, that is. That's not just another Restaro? one. Another, yet another flatter of <laughs> so many. I don't know that plant. Yeah. And, um, oh, there's quite a few I have in there. Let me see what else I put in. Do you use horsetail a lot? Yeah, horsetail yeah. goes in it. Yeah. And, um, I think I, I do put yarrow in it. Mm. There's, there's a, yeah. yeah. That's a nice mix. And actually, I sometimes. No, I don't put golden ceiling that very often, but I could, but I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, mallow, I always put mallow in it. It's such a lovely oh, thing, mucous membranes, yeah. 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 We, yeah. yeah, we both have needed that. Yeah. <laughs> That's another I know, it's me to Your mucous you. membranes, Lydia. Get them <laughs> That's another plant I use a lot, mallow. Yeah. Yeah. Really lovely one. And I guess what's, what's really awesome for me is that my daughter, who grew up 
on a farm. Uh, we lived, she was born on her father's farm. And I didn't live there forever, but um, she has lived on this farm now again since she was a young woman and with her children. And she has a big herbal cupboard oh, as well. Oh, she uses I was going to ask about that. I was going to yeah. say, did your kids respond well to it and, and yeah. soak up the knowledge and love it? Or Absolutely. Did they just think that you no, my children <laughs> count right. on the medicines. Oh, oh great. My son phones nice. me up great. whenever there's a sickness that he is wondering about for him or his partner. That's fantastic. And he That's asks. Great. So it's, it's good because I feel that I didn't have these teachings as a child and I mine yeah. are mine have holes in them, you know, I, I only know what I know, but it's 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 uh, it's, it's something to, to pass useful. on to you. Really what it's a beautiful thing for to our pass family. on to your children. Yeah. Wow. And so it's a way of life. Lovely. Can I ask, so what, what did you spend your life working at when you weren't in, 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 in you were saying your, your life was that you're, you didn't earn your keep from, from herbal medicine or from, um, well, was it I, very different? I, I trained as a school teacher when I was okay. younger okay. and I wasn't, I, I joined, I was, um, I wasn't happy in the regular mainstream school system, it didn't suit my my feeling of um, completeness uh -huh. in, in okay. education yeah. and I ended up going up to reserves in northern Ontario and teaching First Nations people oh, wow. so I spent most of my um, teaching life doing that wow. and then when I moved back to Ontario um, back to where I lived in Ontario with and I started having my children I I supply taught so I for, for my money I taught school Great, and wow. just taught enough so that I could do my homesteading life, right, yeah. wow. which is my gardening and my herbaling and yeah. my foraging. And do you do you have a few acres where you are now, or what sort yeah, of plot you're on? Yeah, I'm on. I'm okay. on a, I, I well for the first 25, 30 years yeah. with my kids when they were young, we lived on a communal farm that was 100 acres. Wow. Okay. And now I've moved back to my daughter's property was where her dad also lives and she lives there with her partner and her children so I have a little cabin I have a little section okay nice that I live on. I know. Yeah. And did you yeah. birth your children at home I my second two no actually no I'm I my only my only my last one I forgot the first two I had in the hospital yeah I was yeah um, my daughter was burnt birthed on the farm where she lives now Very and nice. all her children were really yeah so nice because I am um, I teach a, a lot of active birthing workshops mm -hmm. and, and work with women when they're preparing for their birthing time I had a home birth too and um, when I was doing all my trainings I was reading so much about the farm in Tennessee with Ina May Gaskin. oh yes it sounds so similar to that that situation but just so lovely that these women kind of they just they they needed midwives on the farm and they mm -hmm. just intuited it was the same thing yeah. they followed that path of listening to the women when they were birthing watching the women so when they beautiful. were birthing mm -hmm. and and now the farm has the lowest rate of interventions in the world for a birthing center wow oh i can believe that point one transfer rate wow yeah. i think that's what it was when last time i read it it was okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're fairly yeah. radical too yeah the, the um the teachings of ina may Gaskin. Yeah. Where she was a very, she was a rebellious, totally, um, and strong, really strong, strong woman, really strong woman. Yeah, her book, her book cer certainly supported me through all my births, even yeah. though I wasn't quite, I didn't have the support to do home yeah. births with my first 
son who was born up in northern Labrador. I tried to have him at home, but I was kind of bullied into going out to the hospital. That's what happens, yeah. It happens a lot, I think, and often I feel that the women might never have thought about home birth and then they get pregnant and at some point in that something draws them towards yeah. that but often the partners or the, the family at yeah. large or their doctors around them are the people that mm -hmm. put the fear back into them yeah, yeah. and they start yeah. to feel you can see they start to feel in class oh wait I maybe I could do this maybe I could trust oh, my body to do this right. but then the people around them are going oh no yeah. what happens if this Rest, happens or yeah. what happens if this mm -hmm. happens and yeah. then it's suddenly that empowerment's gone yeah. Uh, yeah. and you, you're, you're out again you're not in that place of intuition and yeah. birth is so much about being able it to listen is. You, can, you can actually have a very long labor Yeah. my, my people I know who have had, have had very long labors like two or three days yeah. and yeah. that's wow. not really considered normal in yeah, the yeah, medical yeah. system or they, they kind of they want a 12 hour turnaround now that's the yeah. in the hospitals in Ireland I anyway, would think it's a 12 I would hour think. turnaround mm -hmm. and yeah and that what you're saying is it, it's so true a normal first time or a typical first time labour might be two or three days yeah. and it just doesn't fit into that system that we have now it doesn't no. allow for you to be able to follow that process or trust that process and I think uh, then when that gets speeded along and it gets hurried along often there's a sense of failure like I couldn't do it I couldn't yeah, do it myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to have someone come you, yeah. to help me. Okay. And that's a real shame because yeah. it maybe who knows they, how it would have gone. What's the word they use about labor when labor stalls? And, yeah, labor and stalls. And there's, there's, a, there's a word, there's a term they use for labor that progresses. Yeah. yeah, the labor yeah. just never progresses. Or ineffectual, ineffectual contractions. Yeah. Oh, ouch. That's so annoying. Culture there. Yeah, totally. Wow. Or, or the other thing is it's language as well, isn't it? It's about a lot of women get to the hospital and instead of saying wow well done you're four centimeters they go oh you're only four centimeters so no you've a while left and <laughs> then the woman's like oh, <laughs> what this yeah. could go on for hours what am i going to do whereas if yeah. you have someone going hey great job yeah, like yeah, nice yeah, one yeah. you've got to four centimeters yeah. then they go oh okay i'm doing great like yeah. feel good about this that's that's the power of words but it comes back to that intuition thing again if you're allowed to be in your own space and to just feel it and, it's and so different it. being in your own space mm. it was so awesome having a home birth and you know I guess um, I guess women are there is it is available now I don't is it available in Ireland at birth? the moment it's, yeah, in it a, it's in a it's in a flux when I had my son four years ago it was the last year, well, pretty much the last year that the independent home birth midwives were being supported still by our health system. So um, it was part funded by them. You had to still meet a lot of criteria. You couldn't be above a certain age. You yeah. couldn't have certain mm -hmm. conditions and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But my, my midwife was an independent midwife who was supported by the HSC, which is our health system. And then there was a lot of... Um, litigation and stuff that went on and, uh, and a lot of the rules changed that made it almost impossible yeah. for the kind home of medicalized, birth. Kind of medicalized home birth yeah. when the midwives became legal in our country. Because then they However, have to act upon yeah. Well, they, they, they're, they're under certain rules. Um, rules. They, yeah. they can't allow certain things to happen, but so I still it, find them amazing. Is, is it, it what the state of legality at the moment in the States? How, how is it? Well, I'm in Canada. Oh, Canada sorry, you were saying so, Ontario. Um, yeah, Ontario. It's very, it's it's legal. It's covered by OHIP. Okay. And, okay. Um, I feel like Canada's. It's Canada quite. It's Canada still quite left wing. Is it quite liberal in comparison to? Or am I very wrong in saying that? 
Well, I live in Ontario, so you may be wrong in saying that. Okay. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. No upset. <laughs> We're a little bit more conservative than, let's say, BC. Okay. Or Quebec, I okay. guess, in some ways. But okay. Um, we do have OHIP in yeah. Ontario. Yeah. I guess we have we have pretty much free, so-called free home um, medical care in Canada. Yeah. It's just that it only covers certain only certain things are covered. Right. So in Ontario, for sure, we can have midwives forever yeah, yeah, if you yeah. if there's enough if there's enough um, if you're if if you get in on time and if you can get a midwife. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did you did you use any herbs or plants after your birth in postnatal recovery? Um, I used yarrow for the astringency for tightening up my organs, yeah. and I used raspberry. Oh, raspberry. I think I think yeah. I think my daughter has been way more um, educated on how to take care of herself for her birthing. That's cool. And she's been very on it, you know, using using especially raspberry and nettle and and yarrow if she needed it. Right. And I, I wasn't quite as well versed in her when I had my children. Yeah. Okay. As yeah. I am now yeah. Because it was kind of the beginning, so it wasn't quite as familiar to me. I just didn't use anything. Yeah. I was fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hadn't thought about nettle, but of course that's a brilliant one. It's very mineralizing and, you know, if, if you're a bleeder at all, yeah. it certainly helps you to build up your blood again. Yeah. And and also yellow dock. Yellow it's dock? Yeah. Yellow. Like dock leaf? Yellow yeah. dock. Um, it's a lymphatic cleanser as well, I noticed, but is it, is it got other... It's, it's definitely um, iron. Iron as well, okay, it's yeah. really, yeah. really iron. It's deep rooting it's as well. Definitely, yeah. it's, well, it's the herb of choice that we use for building up your blood if you're hemorrhaged. Okay. Or if your blood is low, your iron is low in your blood. Okay. Um, yellow dock, it's, yeah. um, you know, this burdock. I, yeah. uh, we have the two docks, we've got the dock and the burdock. I have lots of dock in my lawn, it's great. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've, like, planted a sort of redid my garden this year. I'd left it go wild for about three or four years with bees there and then finally this year I'm kind of doing some work and putting in some fun things outdoors like a sauna and uh, I decided to replant one side of the garden and like because the lawn was dug up I was like great here's an opportunity to reseed it and put in wildflowers and stuff and, uh, and I put in loads of wildflowers of course it comes up first it's like <gasps> all of the dock all the creeping buttercup like, like straight away I was like wow it looked like there was going to be grass in somewhere. <laughs> I was like, there you go, that's life though, isn't it? But well, what? grass isn't.
below. And uh, and if you want to find more out about Diana, I've got a funny feeling Diana's not going to be represented online whatsoever. So you're going to have to just post your comments here and we'll try and send a letter to her. Yeah, <laughs> my normal mail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. Thank Thanks you so for much, watching. Philip. Cheers.